Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Do The Thing dating experiment. So, oh my gosh, we are in the beginning of this podcast. And I've recorded a few episodes already, and they were so unbelievable to get a chance to talk to people in just a new way that gets them to reveal who they are, what they're looking for in a partner, and what's really important to them. And I think one of the things that's been really fun is even just asking them what their ideal date would be. And the answers have been amazing from going to a miniature golf course to doing thrifting with their new partner or even going to a bookstore and getting to read. And so just hearing these unique and untraditional ways of dating and ways that you can connect with someone, it just has been just a really cool experience. And so with that, something that came out during these interviews is one of the people that I interviewed, Pamela Nichols, who's actually an author and also is the host of the podcast, Healing Words. She's part of the Do The Thing Challenge community and is actually going to be helping me co-host a challenge coming up for the Start A Book Challenge. And I interviewed her for this podcast because she's looking for a partner. And she actually showed me her vision board. She showed me one for her life. And then she also showed me one for her future partner. And I just loved that idea <laughs> because I think that so many people are thinking what they don't want in a partner and not what they do want. And I think there's something so powerful about that magnetic attraction that can bring into your life. And then I brought on Dr. Nancy DeAndrade, who's the holistic coach that I work with and is one of the experts of the Do The Thing community. And we talked about it a little bit more. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Sue popped in my head. And Sue is someone that I met, I would say by accident, because we met at a, it's called CapCon, and it's part of capitalism community with this Ryan Moran's community, which I went to this conference a year and a half ago with my boyfriend. And I think it's accidentally because I normally won't go up to people that have three or four people in a group. I normally will go up to someone if there's one person because I'm just not comfortable. I'm an introvert, so I'm not completely comfortable doing that. But he's really comfortable going up to anyone. And so we went together and Sue was with a few other people and I met Sue. And it's been crazy because we're so parallel with the things that we like and do. I ended up even investing in a property that she's starting, which is also amazing. If you guys want to check out that episode, it's on the Do The Thing podcast where she's talking about this amazing entrepreneur community that she's building a retreat center for. And anyway, fast forward to this podcast, I'm remembering that Sue talked to me about her setting a vision for her husband. And that was after divorce and all that stuff. And so I just felt it was so relevant. And then I didn't even realize it until just now that she also did the podcast with Do The Thing in the very beginning, the first 10 episodes. So it feels just perfectly aligned and serendipitous to have her here. So I am so excited to welcome Sue Anderson to the show. Hi, Sue. Hey, Stacey. I'm so glad to be here. That is so funny to be one of the first podcast episodes for each of these segments that you're doing. And I just, I love what you're doing with Do The Thing. And I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, it's funny how sometimes you don't realize how things connect until you're moving and in momentum. And just as we're talking ahead of time, I'm like, wait, that's so funny. You started Do The Thing with me. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so crazy. I, I would love to just talk about this whole thing because I feel like you live this idea of the vision. And I know we even talked about it on your episode with Do The Thing and the idea of how Idlewild Woods came out. 
And it pretty much was just a, a moment of inspiration while you were driving your car. And then you started writing everything out for this vision. And then also, I remember you telling me about what happened with your husband and when you met him. And I'd love to just talk about that more. Yeah, sure. It's so funny, too, with you. I had not put that together either, but oh my gosh, I'm really vision driven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what else do you want? I know. <laughs> okay, this is, and I, I see a little pattern here. I had two, you know, huge things in my life. <laughs> so. Amazing. Yeah, isn't it cool when you can think about it and you take that minute to reflect back of, oh, this worked here and this worked here. Okay, I think I'm going to keep doing this. <laughs> wow. Definitely, definitely. I'm probably one of the least woo woo type people. I mean, I, I definitely, I'm obviously not. I mean, because I use this stuff, but I would think of myself as more pragmatic, stoic, and all this. But wow, you know, I've done this twice now. So yeah, and I love that you said that because I have my listeners from Do the Thing are all across the board. Some of them are not at all woo, and some of them are super woo. So I bring on guests from all over the place, and I like opening the door to the woo for the people yeah. that have no exposure to it because. <laughs> I think sometimes people can talk from such a high level that it's kind of like, what are you even talking about? But when you talk to someone like you who is saying that, like, I'm not even really that woo, but I believe in this, I yeah. think it makes it more relatable for them to get it. Sure. Definitely. There's a whole woo spectrum, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about what happened when you were divorced and then when you created this vision for your partner. Right, right. I was married the first time for 22 years and I was a pastor's wife. This is, I walked into this with eyes wide open. This is what I want. This is fantastic. The reality of it and the relationship itself, it was, it was not particularly healthy. We had a lot of great times. We're still on really good terms. So that's all okay. But as that was starting, to, as I was starting to realize, oh, uh, I'm in my 40s now at the time. I'm in my 40s. Is this what I really want for the next 40, 50 years? And no, it was a, a very hard no. And so it's actually funny. I started seeing a practitioner who was extremely woo-woo. <laughs> so it's kind of funny that it, this actually happened there. But she was doing EFT, TAT, Psych K, all this kind of stuff. But she became a really good friend. And I talked considerably about this actually when I was still married. And she said, this really, I don't hold a whole lot of hope for your current relationship, but let's just, like you said, most people are very much, mm, I don't want this, don't want that, don't want this, don't want that. She said, let me just set you up for a win here. <laughs> Whether you manage to salvage this marriage or you move on, let's look at what you do want and be really purposeful with this. So think about, you know, you could even turn those, I don't want, what's the positive side of that? What What's the flip side of it? And let's just start working on this. Start creating some lists. And she said, this may take several goes before you actually have a list that you really like. But when you're very young in high school or whatever, middle school, when you're thinking about who do I want as a boyfriend, it's, oh, he's handsome, he's this, he's that. It was very superficial things. And a lot of people actually get married based on those. If you get married in your early 20s, odds are you don't really know necessarily what is truly important to you in a relationship. She said, let's do this. This is your chance for a do-over. What would you want? What do you want to experience? What do you want to feel? What do you want as far as how this guy treats you and how you feel in this relationship, what you do together, this kind of stuff? And she challenged me to just go home, do some homework, make a list. And I, I remember doing that and I was like, this is 
kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know. What do I want? And I think a lot of women have that. I don't know what I want. We know what we don't want. So you can back into this. But over some time, I created a series of lists. One of them had 19 items. One had 34 items. It was just, and they were very specific things. I want him to want to dance with me in the kitchen while I'm cooking. I want to feel protected. I want, you know, there were some that a little bit more superficial. I want somebody who's bigger and stronger than me. But that kind of hinted at needing to feel a little bit more of a security thing, uh, a protected, provided for type thing. Things like he has wide interests, a very curious person. It just went on and on and on and on. So fast forward and I get back into, okay, this marriage is done. I'm just kind of like, who knows what's going to happen? I start seeing this guy <laughs> who turns out to be my husband, <laughs> my new husband. And we're, we're pretty far into this, maybe six, eight months or something. And I had totally forgotten about the lists. And then all of a sudden it hit me. I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder if I could find them. <laughs> Let's see, you know, because it feels like, oh my gosh. And I went through and I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Looking through the various lists, there was like one thing he didn't have on it. So out of 19, wow. and I'm like, that is crazy. And especially because you know, pretty much anybody I dated all along and then the guy I married would definitely, like you could see it come in. Like, okay, yeah, you know, based on your family, based on your values, based on the people that you are surrounded with, this guy made sense. My current husband probably would not have checked any of those, the common boxes. I, and I remember thinking, well, my parents are going to be a little shocked. <laughs> He's uh, very tattooed up, long hair, big bushy beard, <laughs> blue collar. He's, he's worked white collar, but he was a Volkswagen restoration expert. So, I mean, really niche, very hands-on, you know, his hands are always grubby. And, and I thought, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> but he... It was amazing. He satisfied all of those items except for one. He was a smoker at the time. He still smokes a pipe. So I'm still saying you're a smoker. Insurance <laughs> you're a smoker. You're still 18 out of 19. <laughs> but it was just incredible to review this with him. And I showed it to him and he was like, this is wild. That's unbelievable. So I love what you said about it's a chance for a do-over. I feel like that's such a powerful statement because especially when you've been married before. And I actually didn't realize you were married that long, 22 years. I was married 20. So that's a whole lifetime, really, yeah. right? When you're with someone and then you get what's really cool about that is you get space from it. And so when you're divorced, you're like, oh, OK. And then after the grief is over and you're able to really think what were the learnings, then that helps you tap in more into either what you don't want to get to what you do want or to what you do want right away. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it was an amazing thing to to realize. I think I divorced at age, yeah, 44. I was 44. So this was 2012. And I remember going, oh my gosh, you know how when you're, you're just living your life and you're just like, all right, here I am. But realizing, obviously we have a finite time here and reaching a certain point and going, okay, what's it going to be? Do I want this for the whole rest of my life? Do I want to create something different? That was a very powerful, it was kind of a gutting realization, actually. I had known for quite a while that the, the marriage was not not really great for me. So I had gone through so much of that grieving along the way. But to realize, wait a second, all right, I do have another shot at this. 
I would always see people out, you know, you go to a restaurant, you see an older couple and you just try to imagine like, what's their life like? How long they've been married? Oh, they look like about 40, 50 years. And I kept seeing so many people who looked miserable together. They were silent. They weren't on their phones because they were older, you know, <laughs> that would be the modern equivalent, I guess. But they were just sitting there and you know, silent or people that I knew, older couples that I knew, and I knew they just constantly sniping at each other. And I'd gotten really cynical with this. I'd hear people having their 50th, 40th anniversary. And I thought, yeah, but do they even like each other at this point? And I could see headed that way. And I really did not want that. So to have that whole revelation, like, hey, you got a whole other shot. You can get a do-over at this point. I was like, whoa, okay, this has got to count. Because the first marriage, sometimes you just kind of slide into it. You're dating. At one point in college, I dated a guy and I was just kind of like, Ah, and I finally broke up with them because I realized if I'm not, if I don't break up, we're this is going to go one of two ways. Either I'm going to finally break up with him, or we're going to end up married. It's just from that momentum that you're in. <laughs> like, I accidentally end up married to them. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it could actually happen. You could just slide yeah. in from from that, you know, just just rolling into it because you're headed that direction. I totally know what you mean, because when you think of prior to 40, where a lot of people are still living that prescribed life, wanting to get married at a certain time, to have kids at a certain time, to do this at a certain time, and then everyone's around you saying, when are you getting married? When are you doing this? And it's realizing that nothing they say matters, right? And I think that's what the beauty of being over 40 is, or the people that have, because I know I've met people under 40 that are able to tap into that and open up the prescribed life. But that's the other beautiful thing is, you're meeting someone with where you are now and not where you were 20 years ago. We're not saying we're pro-divorce, but we're on a dating experiment podcast, which yes. are all single. So that's why I'm telling you guys, there's definitely benefits to being divorced and getting a chance to start over again because you're now getting to meet someone with where you are now. And like you said, back then, you might be looking at all these superficial things, whereas now you're looking at the person at the core for who they really are. Definitely. I had the added benefit too. If my kids were pretty much grown, So it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to have raised children from very young with this person. I didn't even have to calculate that in. Oh, wow. I mean, it just, it opens up. Your mind opens up and you're just like, this is, there are possibilities. I can be very purposeful and create a life that I like. Maybe that's woo. I don't know. (laughs) I love it. I mean, I'll woo it out, man. I want to create the life that I want. I'd be woo all day long. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's great. I love the one that you said. I mean, I loved a lot of the things on your list, but the one where you said, I want to dance with my partner in the kitchen. I feel like that's so visual. And then there's a feeling that gets evoked when you say that, because you could just imagine what that would be like. I'm just wondering, how did you get that detailed in your list? Where did that come from? That actually sprung from a do not want. So in the prior relationship, there there was no dancing whatsoever. There was no affection. So I just craved it. I had actually started, I'm sure you hear all the time about love languages and all that. And I had really come to believe that touch was my thing because I was kind of touch deprived, really. And so, so many of my things on that list involve some touch. And now that's satisfied in me for the first time in my life, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. But that dancing in the kitchen, I could just, I could feel it. It was very visceral for me. I could almost hear the music. I could see smack him away with a spoon. No, I'm cooking and dancing. And it was just this delightful thing. And I'm married to one of the most affectionate people on the planet. He's just, 
physically, verbally, just in the things that he does. Right now, he's out painting our, our house. <laughs> this is just, oh my gosh, he's acts of service. He's words of affirmation. He's touch. He's gifts. He's time. And I really, for the very first time in my life, feel like there are none of those love languages that are lacking for me right now. Now I feel like I receive so much. I almost feel like a slacker for how I give. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just crazy. But yeah, I think for me, anytime, both with Idlewild Woods, with finding my husband, anytime that I can be extremely visual, visceral, very, just all the senses in the thing, I'm thinking, this is what I want to create. The more detailed I can be with that, what am I hearing? What am I feeling? What does it smell like here? What is it? All of these things, getting the senses in, it's crazy how much more powerful that has been. I've seen it, just the pattern. Yeah. So I'm picturing how to help someone do this on their own. Pretty much if they want to, if they're having a hard time thinking of what they want, they could already start thinking, what don't I want? Then they can look at that list of what do I want and then go, okay, what's the positive of this of what do I want that I don't want? Then I look at the list and I do the opposite of that to to tap into what I do want. Then once I get my what do I want, that's when I'm then saying, what am I hearing? What am I feeling? What am I smelling? And then that's when the visual comes in and you're able to really feel what that would be like. Definitely. Definitely. So I I kind of follow Trevor Blake. He's the one that actually got me going on spending time outdoors. That had morphed into, hey, now I'm going to build a whole retreat center. <laughs> hey, Stacey, you want to do that? Yes. <laughs> I said yes. <laughs> so he has a, his program is called Transformation. And in that, it's been amazing. I've, you know, everybody, probably every listener you have, and I know you and I, has done a ton of self-improvement stuff, all this personal development, all this kind of stuff. His has been, it's been kind of a culmination of a lot of things. So he's very into quantum physics and all this kind of stuff. And he he bases it, he's kind of not a woo, but he ends up being very woo-woo. <laughs> he's a physicist for Pete's sake. And he was talking a lot about mind movies as far as you set an intention is very different from a goal and it's something private. You never tell anybody your intention. But then from that, you take the elements of that and create what they call mind movies. And I'd heard that before, you know, this just out there, but it is, it's that being able to, at the drop of a dime, be able to go and you can picture yourself. So like at Idlewild Woods, I can picture, you know, I'm walking through and you'll remember this. So some of the areas like where we're putting the domes, I can picture I'm there, you're hearing kind of soft laughter or whatever your people pop out of there think oh sue thank you so much for building this this has been amazing this saved my marriage or this is where I, I just wrote my book or i just and i can hear it i can feel i can smell the cedar trees i can feel the wind on my skin I, it's just is it's extremely detailed and it's almost like it's already happened like a movie but you're in it and I find that to be extremely powerful. I wish I had made it up, but... <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's so cool. And then do you do any kind of visual besides the list? Did you Do you do any visual thing too? No, I have. Back in, when was this? The first time I probably did that was 2005. My mom had gotten involved with an MLM called Arbonne. It's skincare, cosmetics and stuff. And I remember, so I was in her downline... At that time, I never met an MLM I didn't join. <laughs> so part of that, she was like, we're going to make vision boards. And I remember I made one, but it was soon, I'm just not super visual like that, which is odd. If I have words, to me, that's a little bit more, if I cut pictures out of a magazine, there's always going to be some detail where I'll be like, well, that's not me, or that's, 
Yeah. Another person or, well, that's, it wasn't quite right. So with words, I can make it exactly the way I want. But here's a funny thing. My mom, uh, a couple months ago, I was visiting her and she's like, you won't believe what I found. So she went on, you know, she left MLMs. She actually opened a business helping seniors to move. So if they have a, she's in Sarasota, Florida. So lots of elderly people there. Sometimes they'll have five, 7,000 square foot house. And now all of a sudden they've got to move into independent living or assisted living. She helps them to downsize all that and still end up with a place that feels like home. Mm. So very cool. She's had that business since about 06, 07, something like that. And she's currently aiming to sell it, which is amazing. But so she comes out and she was holding this old faded vision board. And she's like, look at this. And we went through and all the pictures on there, minus one, I think, I can't remember what it was, but it was something kind of funny. But all of them had happened in the last almost 20 years. It was amazing to see this. That is so (laughs) cool. That's got to be so, whoa. (laughs) It is. So I was like, man, I wish for me, I I probably will never make another vision board. I know for some people, that's the thing that actually helps them to see it. For me, though, if any little detail is off, I'm like, "Eh, I'll never look at it. I think this is such an important distinction. And it's part of what I'm doing with Do The Thing is that I'm running those challenges inside of there and through the Find Your Voice Challenge, even the Dating Dare Challenge. And now the start a book challenge and I'll be doing the start a podcast challenge. It's to get people to learn about themselves in this deep way so that they know what will move them or what will get them to know themselves better or how they resonate with something. And I think you really just brought up a really important point is that visual, you want to create the vision in your mind through the words that you're writing. You don't need the vision on a paper. And I think some people think, okay, they're saying to do it this way. I must do it this way. But you want to find what's going to work for you when you're joining something, whether it's a challenge or a program or whoever's got whatever that you want to see. You know, you might um, sometimes people will just do it and then they'll get disappointed and beat themselves up when it doesn't work or if it's not right for them. But once you know yourself, then you know what is able to move you. Exactly. And so that takes some trial and error, too. If you do something and it's like that. There's elements of this that are working for me, but there's elements that aren't. Then you find a different way to do it. Yeah. Okay. So I'd love you to talk to the listeners who are here with us. So right now I'm still, this is such a new podcast and I I, I don't know if I, I haven't told you, but I'm not even sure if I'm keeping it. I'm doing 10 episodes and, and then I'm going to see what happens. I'm kind of, it was inspired because I have the start a podcast challenge starting in April. And then the community was wanting a way to meet people. And then all of a sudden I was like, well, why don't I just do this? And as I'm moving, doing it, I'm realizing I kind of did this before when I owned my staffing company. I used to hire and recruit people and getting to know them deeper. And so anyway, it's just funny how the parallel is now coming up because I think showing someone's true self through a dating component is very similar to someone looking for a job. Interesting. So oh, yeah, parallel. that's a great parallel. Oh, yeah, that parallel didn't even come out until I was interviewing people. And I'm like, wait, I've already done this. <laughs> and the idea is I'm trying to get them, you know, when someone's out there and right now, gosh, dating culture is a lot of apps and just all the things out there that really gets people to window shop, right? And everyone's got their, what a Dr. Nancy called it, their peacock feathers puffed out. And even some of the dating apps are letting you do video now, but that's still the peacock because you're just showing a side of you that you think people want to see. Whereas when I'm getting to interview them, I'm getting to know them and they're revealing themselves at this really vulnerable way, but it's beautiful. The interviews I've done so far, I mean, I'm, I just, it's, it's so 
it's, it's so amazing to be able to have that for somebody. And whether that such lives, a thank oh, you. Such a gift for connecting Aww. with people like that. That's I'm <laughs> surprised they're coming out well. <laughs> thank you. And then, yeah, whether that lives in a podcast or maybe it's something that they just have now for themselves, depending on what happens to it. I don't know, but it's still exciting just kind of doing the process. But circling back to what I'm thinking we can talk to them about now that they heard your story is the people that are listening so far, they're coming from the do the thing challenges. Eventually, who knows, maybe it will it will spread out. But so most of them are over 40. They've either been divorced or widowed and they are starting over again and have gone through a lot and they have their protectors up because it's been that going through that pain and that grief and you know you want something new, but do I want to heal first? What do I want to do? Anyway, that's kind of where many of them are at. I was just wondering what you have to say to them. Oh, yeah. So actually, <laughs> I have... I, I I get a little, I, I enjoy giving advice. <laughs> yes, good. <laughs> Isn't it fun? <laughs> Whenever we have, you know, I've encountered a lot of people who are going through a breakup or fresh out of one and all that kind of thing. And I just love taking them. Okay, here, <laughs> okay, I'll give you my secret. <laughs> well, it's true because you have this lived experience. And then if you can help someone endure the pain a little bit less or get the, to the freedom a little bit easier, I feel like that's a huge gift for you to be able to give someone. Yes, it is. And I always look at it like, all right, if you're going through something horrible, at least let there be a silver lining. And half the time that's helped somebody else through it. So that's that's always my thing. But so I've got advice on this. <laughs> so first of all, make your lists and then put them away. You don't have to like sit there and cross-reference every guy that you date or every woman that you date. Put it in your brain and then you don't need to look at it all the time. The more important thing is, oh, and here's a big one. Of course, if they're coming through the the dating challenge, they already know right, the apps. All right, just stop. Go try to meet people in person. That's going to be way better. So I have no advice on apps, but in person. The other thing is do not put your best foot forward, which is strange advice because everybody's like, oh, get your haircut, look good at all this kind of stuff hey, that's not the world you're going to live in. You're going to wake up with bedhead, bad breath. You're going to have bad days. You still have crap you're dealing with from whatever, either your past, your current, whatever. There's stuff. And so, I, I mean, obviously don't be crazy. <laughs> I don't want to show up completely depressed and deranged at your very worst, but don't try to hide it. So my husband and I both vowed, we're like, we're not putting our best foot forward. We're just putting a foot forward. <laughs> yeah, I like that. No, it was, we kind of joked that we were like, all right, here's my bag of crap. You want to help me sort through or what? You know? Yeah. So being very honest about things, especially. So the same woo-woo counselor that I had said, if you're ever talking to you know somebody, a prospective mate, ask, why are you divorced? Mm. All right. And she said, and just sit there and listen. And if they go, I don't know. Or, oh, she just kind of went crazy, got depressed, and like, anything like that, run. <laughs> you want somebody who can own what they co created. Ooh. Right? Ooh. That's what right? You know, good. she said, I don't care what the situation is, we co create it. No matter how bad it is, we co created it. Own it. Otherwise, you are doomed to repeat it. I'm like, so yeah, that, I, that's huge. And huge. So, yeah, huge. Yeah. And it's going to, enough that you come in, you're like, oh, here's all my stuff. It's got to be a mutual agreement. Like, hey, you know, I really do. I, I like you. I think that there's some potential here and I'm not going to put my best foot forward. I want us to be very honest from the start and co-create what we want to. 
And part of that process is going to be owning what we've created so far in our lives, which may be very uncomfortable, but that's how we're doing this. And so if you have that kind of buy-in, that's huge already, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's willing to to be that. And that's... Yeah. And being open to it, right? If someone's immediately rejecting what you say, I think sometimes what, I don't know if bothers me is the right word, but I hear people say, oh, I don't want to say that to him because or her, because I don't want her to not stop seeing you. That's them self-selecting. If they can't handle the things that you want for yourself and things that you want to create in a relationship, that is not the right person to be with. Exactly. And if you get into that type of relationship, okay, so you're always going to have imposter syndrome. Do they really? really know me? How could they love me? That's not, they they know a version of me, but that's not really me. So that's hard on the brain. Your security levels or forget it. <laughs> no. You want to be anxious all the time? Be an imposter in your own relationship. And then beyond that too, it's, you can't keep that. If you're play acting, you can't keep that up forever. And so all of a sudden, let's say you get married, but you've been your best behavior the whole time. Okay, now what? You know, like it's almost it's not fair to the other person because now it's like you've changed the rules midstream. That's not good. And you wouldn't want to have that where you, you marry this guy, he seems all amazing, all of a sudden it's a completely different guy because he'd been on best behavior the whole time while he was wooing. That's not good. So yeah. So those that's my advice. And then make that list and just take your time making it, put it away. You whip it out at some point. <laughs> did you make it? Did you make it like you sat down with paper and a pen and get one sitting in your house, or did you go somewhere? Or what was that like for you? Um, to be honest, I was probably still so in my head. So when I'm crying, I always joke writers will be like this. I don't know what I believe or I don't know what I think until I write it. <laughs> so yeah, that's a huge writer thing. I think I, I just hear that a lot of, with people. And so it was just moments I would have an inspiration. Oh, yeah, I'm going to put this on the list. It wasn't like I sat down and scribbled out the list in its perfected form the first time. It took several goes at it. And then, well, this is true, but is this, you know, can I be a little bit more vivid? Can I be a little bit more accurate? So it took some revising, but just looked at it. And I looked at it, not so much, yes, it's homework, but (laughs) I looked at it as a fun experiment. It was a no-risk thing. Let's see. Yeah. Read this this person in my in my brain and on my computer screen, <laughs> what would it look like? What would this be like? Um, There's yeah. something so cool about that too, because you're opening your mind up then to what am I looking for? So then you start finding it and you start seeing it where you might've shut your mind down to it before, which is why it might be easier to start with the what I don't want. But then once you start thinking, okay, what, what do I want from this what I don't want? Then all of a sudden your librarian's working in your head and it could be a week later and all of a sudden it could just send out all these other things that you want. Definitely. And I think it removes some of the false screens we might have had too. Ooh. You know, because it's like, yeah. So first go around, well, it needs to be all the stuff. I love how you put it prescribed. You go with that, you have that image or you already know that down pat. But some of those things weren't important in the beginning anyway. And so when you've got your list and you're focused on here are the things that remain on my list, some of those things that you would have had the first go around were not there. Yeah. And I think that's what's been fun too about doing the interviews. And I mentioned this already in the intro, but that idea of, I think a lot of people think of dating and they're thinking of a dinner or kind of doing that movie thing and the the same old stuff. And I love that already I'm getting people that want to do an experience with this person. So then they're getting to see the person at their playful fun state. And then also 
in a way that connects to their values too. Definitely. So I was thinking when you were doing the introduction, I'm like, oh, what would be the date that I would want? And right now, I think it would be an outdoor picnic. So I would have thought, <laughs> I would have said hiking or something before, but I'm not in good enough shape to hike. <laughs> I would not really necessarily want to be that vulnerable. <laughs> Being outdoors. You know, that's yeah. Cool. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, that would, if somebody balked at that, I'd be like, well, that's a problem because that's going to be something that I want to do is be outdoors with this person. And so setting up that where maybe from your list, maybe this is something that it could work into a date, but all right, what's a scenario from your list that you can kind of visualize? Maybe there's some sort of date that would be connected to that. So in my case, maybe it would have been, what if we took a cooking lesson? And yeah. Then, oh my gosh. Can you imagine you're at a cooking lesson and he starts dancing with you? Oh my God. You're really, whoa. <laughs> oh, and also that's the other rules. You can't tell the person what's on the list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had this, I had created this, I'll have to show it to you sometime. It's not a vision board vision. I had a friend of mine do this painting of things that I wanted, but it's a painting. And one of the thing on there, this is before I met my boyfriend, was two people kayaking. And it was like just seeing the backs of it. You could see the water around. And it was on two kayaks, separate ones. And I actually have kayaks, but I have a double kayak and then I have a single kayak. So it's not two kayaks. So that's what's interesting about it is all of a sudden, then we went to Bora Bora. Then I met him year later, we went to Bora Bora and we're sitting there in the water on two separate kayaks. Oh. And I'm just looking around and I'm like, this is crazy. It was the weirdest thing, which I mean, yeah. for someone listening, maybe it doesn't sound like that big of a deal because maybe I like kayaking, maybe it would happen. But there was just something about that moment that just washed over me with that vision. Well, you had lived it already. Yes. Felt familiar. Oddly familiar. Totally new, but also oddly familiar. Yeah. So weird. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, I think there's really something to this stuff. I really do. Yeah. I mean, I, I like I said, anybody who's single, you're going to hear it from me. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Can you speak to that healing part? Because there's people in the group that are still thinking they have to heal before they meet someone. And my advice typically for that is if you are looking for a partner to fill you up, then you're not ready for a partner because you still need work to do. You can date, I think, and have fun, but don't get into a relationship. But if you're already full and you don't need a partner for that, you're already 100% feeling like you're able to do the things you want without having to have someone, then I think you're ready. And I was just kind of curious what your thoughts are on that. I, I definitely agree with that. I know, you know, when I left my marriage, I felt kind of like uh, toward the end of my life, first marriage, I, I kind of, I started feeling like, you know what, I could go live the rest of my life single. And I would prefer that over a dysfunctional marriage. And I remember when I finally realized that, I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And so then I was able to start, I, I feel like a lot of my healing came then when it was like, all right, I'm not healing to be in this marriage. I'm not healing for something else. It was just like, I'm the me I'm going to have to live with for the rest of my life. So feel what I need to feel, work through what I need to work through and just aim for what can I do to make myself stronger? I don't know if stronger is the right word, but happier, which sounds so frivolous, but just more more centered, more solid, more enjoying life, little tiny things. Kind of, I always, I have this saying called gathering the happy. So it's just, I, I really feel like, you know, as a kid, I always thought, well, one day I'll be really happy. 
I always thought there's a thing that happens. So maybe you get married and then you're really happy or you have kids and you're really happy or you got a great job. And none of that, I mean, I was, I've always been a pretty happy person, but it wasn't like there was a big thing where all of a sudden this page turned and now I'm happy. I started realizing that it's more, for me at least, maybe others as well, it's this accumulation of tiny sparks of joy. I'm telling you, they're lame, they're so silly, they're, they're ridiculous, but I love them and I notice them and that's the big part. So in the morning, you're getting ready to go out and have some coffee. I put a bathrobe on, I've got my slippers and we've got this tile floor and for some reason, I'm very happy just sliding my foot into my little <laughs> up against a wall so it gets in there. It's just a silly little moment. But yeah. every day I notice that and I'm like, this is great. We sit on the porch, we're drinking coffee and there's you know, birds will fly over. And it's like, it's just a little, it's nothing major. It's not like, oh, come on, Stacy, you got to come sit on my porch with me. <laughs> no, it's like, it's not a big deal, but it's a tiny little happy that I gather. And I put that in my little basket. And if I don't spend the day noticing those little things like that, I, it feels a little dead. When I do notice it, it almost sets the stage for me to enjoy and appreciate other big things. It's just, it's an odd little thing, but I I recommend it. <laughs> I love that because when you're younger and you're in school, everyone's like, oh, I can't wait to go to middle school. And then, oh, I can't wait to get to high school. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to get to college. Oh, I can't wait. And that's if you go to college. And then I can't wait to get my job. And then, oh, I met my boyfriend now, or I've met someone now. When's he going to ask me? It's like this constant loop of I'm excited for this, but not in the moment of this. And I love that idea of just capturing those little tiny little happies and putting them in a basket and just kind of savoring that pleasure in that moment. And it's so much more accessible. If you, let's take, okay, you know, my son just got married in August and that was a very happy moment, but it was mixed. I was a little sad. I was a little happy. I was a little nervous for them. I was, you know, uh, it, it's a mixed thing. So even these big momentous occasions that we save up, oh, I'll, I'll be happy then. It's not necessarily completely a happy moment. It's it's very mixed. And so I, I feel like I thrive on having little tiny, uh, the big ones are fantastic, but those are very unpredictable and not pure happy. And these are pure little moments of happy and I can yeah. control it. So all it is is me noticing. Then back to that noticing, because then you're opening your mind up to see it, whereas you might miss it if you're not paying attention. Totally. But I put my slippers on every day of my life, probably, you know. Yeah. It's only been past 10 years or something where I'm like, I really like that sensation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did. It's reminding me, maybe I, I had a, a Genesis. She's an erotic blueprint coach. I had her on the podcast for Do The Thing. And she was talking about just even drinking coffee. And this is just reminding me of that and taking that moment and feeling as you're, and I cannot say it as good as she did. She said it in a really fun way, but <laughs> taking your hand around the coffee cup and feeling the warmth and then having it savor as it goes to your lips and the whole moment that I never even imagined drinking coffee, even noticing that. But when she points it out, you start to realize, wow, this is kind of special. It really is. And I have that too. I've got moments around coffee as well. <laughs> we make a French press every morning and I'm always the one pushing that plunger. It's just like, it's just a few seconds. And I, I feel like for me, that practice alone did more healing than tons of other stuff that I've done. I can't say because it wasn't in a vacuum. I, I didn't just do those happy things. I also had 10, 15 years or so of personal development, active working. So which thing did it? I don't know. Yeah. But I know this actually helps a lot. And especially if I'm in a, uh, in a funk and a depressed, anything like that, 
that's the thing that I will go, hey, remember to do this and mm-hmm. remember to notice those little things. And it's not like, woo, no, I'm running around crazy, but it's very good self-care for me to notice. I wanted to ask you too, is you said, I don't know what I think until I write it. And since I'm about yeah. to start the the start a book challenge, I feel like I have to just explore what that means to you more. Yeah. So it's it's so I'm also an introvert. I can write wonderfully. I, I it's very clear. I can explain things. I can plan things. I can strategize. I can cast a vision. I can do all this. When I go to talk about it, it's just like uh, <laughs> get it out. And so it's it's an odd thing. I need to see it and see it in my brain first. Let the words just flow out, and then what I've written, I'm like that. So it's, I think a lot of people may be the opposite way where they have this thing that's very concrete in their brain and maybe it's, maybe it's easy, maybe it's hard for them to write it. And then they're like, oh yeah, that's, that's about it. And it originates more, I, I, it's just a weird thing for me. It's like, it's there, it gets processed by writing and then I can own it. Yeah. Whereas if I tried to do it without writing it, it's very hard for me to, to really, I can't communicate it and I can't even really wrap my brain around it. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like it's kind of what I've been doing with these challenges, these newer ones, the find your voice, start a book and the start a podcast. It's like getting the person to reflect almost. It's taking that extra minute to reflect how you really feel about something and whether for me, it's through words, right? Maybe it's from the podcast now because I've done it so many times. I have to actually say it out loud for it to mean something for you. You're a writer, so you're writing it and it's getting to know yourself. But regardless of what it is that the way you're expressing it, it's taking that extra minute, few minutes to reflect because then you're being present with that thing that oh, you're trying to 100%. figure out. That's uh, that, Thank you for saying that because that actually helps me to have a little bit more clarity on why does my brain do this? <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it's kind of, you know, like when you're the big joke of 15 minutes after a fight, you hear, oh, I should have said this. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's how my brain works with everything. Like, oh, Oh, I should have said this is actually how it ended up. You know? So having that moment to reflect and to to gather it, yeah. make it a little bit more concrete, then I can own it. Yeah. And I think it's rare. People don't, it's not, a lot of people don't do that. I think that's where the Find Your Voice Challenge was so successful because they're given dares to actually take a minute to reflect. And then they were able to do it in a way of either writing or video or audio, whatever resonated with them. And it's like the people that are constantly walking through the fire and they're not taking a break from it, it's hard to even know. You don't even know who you are after that. I've done I've done that. It's like you take those minutes to reflect and that helps you get to know who you are. Definitely. And I know there are people, so like Ryan Moran, you know, he's. we always joke that he's the one take wonder. I'm like, you can drop him anywhere in any weird situation. And he's going to be able to say the right thing and something that he's like, yeah, totally. <laughs> For most people, it's like you will dropped into a situation. You're going to say something. Then you're like, do I even believe that? What, or do I even think that way? What, yeah. what did I say? Why did I say that? Yeah. Some people have a little bit more of a direct line. To- oh, my God. I asked him when I we were at the, the NFT mastermind and I asked him, where in the world he got his speaking ability from because even like he was doing this thing with s'more what was it a graham cracker s'more and the way he was captivating us all with this explanation of how he does it with nothing normally he's talking about helping people with million dollar businesses and this guy did this for a hundred million dollars and obviously we're going to be captivated with that but when he was able to do it with s'more i was like oh my god right i mean it's just i'm fascinated by that i'm watching him do this because i'm like how do you and he's yeah. like interacting with people too, you know, yeah. like, 
How do you do that? <laughs> well, it's interesting. It goes back to, sorry, now I'm mixing the podcast, but in Do The Thing, <laughs> we talk about life assets. And he had mentioned, I'm sure he'd be fine with me sharing this. <laughs> he had mentioned he has a background. When he was a kid, he did a theater or theater yeah. or some kind of like, was was it theater? Yeah. Theater and stand up. He's got a little yeah. Yeah. So theater. And so that's a life asset that he had gotten from that. And you don't realize how every little thing that you've done can be something that you capture into something else. Definitely. It's it's wild. (laughs) So, okay, Sue, the time is here. You've already given such good advice, but I'd love to hear what your number one piece of advice for people that are are doing the thing regarding dating. (laughs) Okay, let me have a second to think. Okay, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say anything is possible. And it's important to remember that no matter where you've been, no matter what you've gone through, you're kind of the captain of your life and whatever healing you need to have, whatever decisions you need to make going forward, you can trust yourself that you're going to get there and be yourself because that's the self that you're going to bring to everything else. That's that's pretty much what I've got. Just I love that. Yeah. You're not done until you're done. And so whatever you need to do to work on, whatever you want to work on, whatever you want to create, you can do it. And this actually did not connect until I just heard you say that. So this is weird, but I'm like, oh, this could be fun. We could do a do the thing retreat at Idlewild. Yeah. So maybe maybe you'll get to meet everyone soon oh, and they'll get to that meet That would be incredible. Oh, uh, with that, can you share that share with them where they can learn more about you and follow yeah. along with your stuff? Yeah. So right now we have a kind of a crappy website. We're getting a good one. It's com, which is so long, but com. And right now, so we have 35 acres and Smokies. It's gorgeous. So gorgeous. Nothing built. <laughs> we, have, we have a tent. It got a little mildew, so that's out. <laughs> We're, <starting again. laughs> We're going to be building geodesic domes, this retreat center. It's going to be amazing. And yeah, so every Tuesday I send out a little email with update of here's what's going on. And when nothing's going on, I have other stuff that I talk about. So uh, things should be rolling, rolling, rolling in 2023. We're moving up there, hubby and I. This is out. Can you believe that? So he is completely bought in. He's like, this is your dream and I'm 100% supportive. Oh my gosh. So he's going to be using his own blood and sweat and tears to build with me, which is amazing. Yeah. So cool. Well, this has been amazing to get to do this with you. And I am really grateful for our friendship and us working together with all these different projects that you've helped me with. And I just appreciate you so much. And then sharing this with the listeners. It's it's great. Absolutely. You are one of my favorite humans. So I, anything you ever <laughs> I'm here. (laughs) Well, thank you all for joining the Do The Thing Dating Experiment. Here's to meeting people in a new way.